0: Senator Grassley, big breaking story. He is demanding answers from the Pentagon and the Defense Department on FBI spy Stefan Halper. Remember Stefan Halper? I've been talking about him a lot, folks, and his questionable defense contracts. We're getting more and more information by the day as to what was happening inside the Defense Department's very secretive Office of Net Assessment. This is a very, very secretive office, folks, not something that is exposed, not an office that you would hear about publicly. Uh, The only reason you know about it now is because of Stefan Halpert. Remember, he was he was actually reporting to the FBI, to the bureau on George Papadopoulos, Carter Page. He was connected to Michael Flynn the former National Security Advisor who is now awaiting a possible sentencing. Hopefully, right now, his attorney, Sidney Powell. I also broke a story on com. Let's not forget, you can read all of these breaking stories at... Sarahacarter.com. Once again, that's SarahACarter.com. You'll see all of my stories, as well as Jenny Tears. We've got a new writer, Logan Raddick. We keep up on the news every day, but we've got breaking news there all the time. This is the Sarah Carter show. And guess what? I am coming to you from Radio America. I am so excited. And you know what? I love saying that Radio America. You really do like saying that. I know. I love, I love it. I love the word, Adam, America. You know, with the radio. I don't know why. I'm just... It feels good. It's like we're talking to the
1: whole country, which honestly, with the numbers that have been coming in, you guys have been doing a lot of support with our show. Uh, It's getting bigger, and that's why we're going to be a little quick here because we've got a lot to get to today. Oh,
0: gosh. We've got so much on our plate. We actually... Look, no matter what your political leanings are, no matter what they are, you have to listen to our next guest. It's going to be important that you understand what president trump and his administration they call it team trump is doing right now we are coming to the 2020 election cycle and we have two very very important people from the president's team jenna who is a remarkable attorney jenna ellis she is a constitutional lawyer she's also president trump's personal attorney and we also have aaron perini She is the principal deputy communications director for the Trump 2020 re-election campaign. I've got both of them on the show, both of them talking. This has been a very, very important week. This is the impeachment trial at the Senate. And everything that's happening here, folks, is about our country right now. We have never seen this type of political divide in modern political history. Not like this. You are living in historic times. We are living in historic times. And we have to understand what's actually happening here. There has been a weaponization of not only the impeachment process, and I think that, you know, Jenna Ellis is going to explain that very clearly, not from a political point of view, not from, you know, a Trump point of view, from the point of view of the Constitution, of what the framers intended. And I think you're going to hear From his, uh, you know, his principal deputy communications director, how the president is managing to continue to move forward, you know, just full steam ahead, despite everything that is happening to him here at home in Washington, D.C., and I really think you need to listen to this. It's great. These are fast paced interviews. They're not going to drag on. They're going to explain exactly what's going on. And then you got to hold on because we have such a great ending. Um, we have Jenny from the block, Jenny Tare, who is like going to be going through all of the Twitter responses I've asked you guys to put out there. And as many as we can fit in, uh, she is going to be reading your tweets. Right here on The Sarah Carter Show. It's very exciting. It's an it's a new segment that we abs- we absolutely love and I do not want to get rid of. And we're thinking of some new ideas and we're going to throw them your way. Also, you got to stay tuned because there's a little bit of teasing going on here. You know, Erin, she kind of hints at a Super Bowl commercial that's going to be coming out. I'm very excited about that. Not only that, what's up with your boy, Tubin? Oh, my God. Did you see that? Yes. I need to play this clip first before we go any further. Do you
1: want to? We have time. We can play it.
0: I want to play it, Adam. I'm not. Even if we don't have time, I'm going to play it. It's uh, This is Cut 5, and this is Jeffrey Tubin, folks, on CNN. He is, like, exuding shiftness. That's all I want to say.
2: I thought it was dazzling. I thought the way he wove through uh, both the facts of the case and the historical context was really remarkable. It was the second best Uh, courtroom address, since it's like a courtroom, uh, that I ever heard.
0: Oh my gosh. I felt like while Tubin was describing Adam Schiff's... uh I thought
2: it was dazzling.
0: (laughs) I thought it was so great because while he's describing Adam Schiff, I'm picturing Schiff dancing, ballroom dancing, you know, the way that CNN portrays Adam Schiff. It's like some kind of constitutional superhero
2: i I, thought it was dazzling it was (laughs) dazzling
0: so dazzling no by the way jeffrey Tubin is not telling the truth folks because half of the lawmakers were falling asleep while adam schiff was delivering his long diatribe this is not a lie it's not an over exaggeration read the new york times the new york times even said people were falling asleep it was dazzling This is not the only analyst at CNN, right, Jenny, who's been doing this. Uh, Jenny found this tweet, and it's actually made quite a stir, and it is from Joe Lockhart. And CNN basically is allowing their analysts to do whatever they want, to basically say whatever they want. As evidenced by this tweet, overheard a conversation between two Republican senators who only watch Fox News. Is this stuff real? I haven't heard any of this before. I thought it was all about the server. If half of the stuff Schiff is saying is true, we're up blank creek. Okay, Schitt's Creek. Hope the White House has exculpatory evidence. Oh, by the way, he made that entire thing up, Adam. That wasn't even true. So later he tweeted out, okay, maybe I made up the conversation, but you know that's exactly what they're thinking. That's exactly what they're thinking. So here you have Tubin just exuding shiftness, right? And Joe Lockhart. Great. Anyways, I want to get to our guest because I think Jenna Ellis is going to be able to bring us home with this whole impeachment trial. She is a constitutional lawyer. She has argued over and over again over the last several months. On all of the national cable news outlets, whether it's Fox or CNN, on radio, she has been directly talking to the American people. And she's President Trump's personal attorney. And the reason why he selected her is because she's actually quite brilliant, understands the Constitution thoroughly, and is able to make these arguments so that regular folks just like us can understand what's going on here. And I really think you need to listen. Because what she says and how this process has been weaponized is actually really quite frightening. It makes me take a step back to think, what would happen to us if we lose that foundation, if we allow the process to be weaponized? What happens to future presidents? What happens to us as Americans when we go to the ballot box and we make our vote and a president is elected? This is about the American people, folks. This is not just about President Trump. Do you want Congress? Do you want the Democrats, Republicans? Who cares? Do you want them making the decision for you on who you should vote for, on who should be president? I mean, this is America. This is not some world, third world country where we see this happening over and over again. And I know I've said this before, but you got to listen to Jenna. It's such an important interview, and I look forward to having her on. Hey, Jenna, are you there? I am. Hi. I'm so happy you can be on the Sarah Carter Show today because there's so much to talk about, particularly with the impeachment uh, trial going on in the Senate. And I've introduced you to our audience. I know they've seen you on Fox News, on on CNN all across the board on the cable channels, uh, you know, basically advocating what has been happening to the Trump team and also talking about the legal ramifications of what this means to our country. Um, as far as the Constitution, you're a constitutional lawyer. So I just want you to tell us
3: what's going on here. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for having me, Sarah, and a lot to unpack here, And you know, from a kind of thirty thousand foot perspective here, because um, you know the Democrats, of course, are the party of confusion, of spin, of shaping their own narrative and trying to um, you know, just outright lie. Um, that was you know Jim Jordan uh, went through that so well of just um, pointing out how Adam Schiff has just manipulated things, lie after lie after lie after lie. And so, from kind of the overview of the last three years of the Trump administration. Uh, The Democrats initially were absolutely shocked, we know, that President Trump got elected. And so 19 minutes after he was inaugurated for president, their impeachment campaign began. They thought that uh, they would have some sort of, um, you know, Russia collusion narrative that was going to take him down. Then they thought, uh, you know, through the Mueller report. And the timing of this is really fascinating because um, Robert Mueller testified on July 24th, um, and we saw how much that finally went just absolutely down in flames. They thought that that was going to be their key to impeachment because that's been their goal uh, since President Trump got inaugurated was was to impeach this president.
0: I think you're and right about the- Mueller, Jenna. I want to just remind our audience, when Robert Mueller, and a lot of people don't remember this because so much has happened in between then and now, it's hard to believe But Robert Mueller really didn't even know what was in his own report. They would question him. He seemed lost. Uh, It was actually quite sad to see this former FBI director completely falling apart. And at the time, it became quite apparent that it was the other prosecutors on his team that put this report together and that Robert Mueller really had no idea what was going on, and they had actually no evidence whatsoever whatsoever that not that Trump either obstructed justice or that he was colluding with Russia in fact the whole entire Russia hoax completely fell on its face i think you're 100% right
3: yeah so so that fell on its face completely and so their desire for impeachment on those grounds fell apart i mean you know we the american people were promised that that was going to be you know a big deal it was two years and so much money that would taxpayer money that was spent on this and it was hyped so much in the media it completely fell apart. That was July 24th. July 25th is when this phone call happened with Ukraine. And so the timing here is fascinating because the Democrats have had a deadline. They wanted to impeach before Christmas so that they could have this trial leading into the 2020 election. And so I'm convinced personally that no matter what happened on July 25th, they were going to find some narrative and some way to say something happened. We've got to find some conduct that we can possibly spin, and so they they started that narrative on July 25th. They set this up with the you know the so-called whistleblower who isn't even really a whistleblower. Um, you know we we followed this whole story. So then in September, Nancy Pelosi made her. Uh, her whole press conference statement and said, you know, this is really concerning. What they didn't count on was President Trump was so wise and tactful to say, you know, even though this is setting bad precedent and this is completely you know, remarkable for a United States president to do this, I'm going to release the transcript of my phone call because this was a perfect call. I mean, there was nothing perfect. There was nothing illegal. There was nothing unconstitutional about this released that the next day on september 20th and their entire case fell apart at that point their entire narrative let's go back jenna
0: jenna let's go back because this is so important and i know it's important to our listeners here at the sarah carter show the whistleblower i've been looking into this you know i've been reporting on the from the very beginning of the russia hoax and Throughout the process of breaking the stories and reporting on what has been going on with the White House and what has been called the deep state, there is a belief among very senior officials and others within the State Department that I've spoken with, uh, within the NSC, the National Security Council, for those of you out there, within the intelligence community, that there are people, former holdovers from the Obama administration and Maybe some Republicans who are anti-Trump, who are within these agencies and departments, basically spying on everything the president does, looking for any little bit of information that they can manipulate or utilize or expose to the media for their political gain, which means removal of President Trump or impeachment or basically exposing him in a bad light. And I've been hearing this over and over again from sources. At, I mean, I can tell you just this week I spoke to three sources that were talking about this. I know you're probably not going to name the whistleblower, the alleged whistleblower, but his name's been out there. It's Eric Schiaramella, and uh, this is one of those names that has come up over and over again over the years. what What is that like? What is it like for the White House, or are you hearing this, this idea that there are people there whose intention solely is to target President Trump?
3: Yeah, well, I think that we've clearly seen that, and we've seen that there are uh, that there are definitely people who are holdovers um, in the administration, um, you know, throughout the State Department, throughout all um, a lot of these agencies in uh, the executive branch that um, are career. Uh, employees and they have different allegiances be- beyond serving at the pleasure of the president. Um, because uh, let's remember that Article Two, Section One of the United States Constitution says that all executive power shall be vested in one President of the United States. And so, unlike the legislative branch or the judicial branch, that vests power in, uh, of course, you know, all power to make law. Is vested in our legislature and Congress. We have 535 members, and then in the judicial branch, we of course have nine Supreme Court justices. That number, those numbers aren't determined in the Constitution, but it's more than one person. And then the judiciary, uh, that power is vested in one Supreme Court, currently nine members, and then any other such inferior courts uh, that are established. But the executive is vested in one person, and so it's not vested in the entire. Uh, political operatives or anyone else who serves at the pleasure of the president. And so, for these people, uh, the deep state—these people that continue on through multiple administrations—they may have, and we've seen this, have different allegiances and perspectives than serving at the pleasure of the current president. And so, we, we saw uh, very clearly through the testimony once this inquiry, um, you actually got so far with with this ridiculous circus that people um, who are testifying, all that they said was they were presumptions and speculations and their belief. And essentially what happened is Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and the House members who want to just uh, take down this president and move forward with impeachment. They found people within uh, the State Department and within the executive branch that were willing to sit there in front of Congress and basically say, "I didn't like what uh, the foreign policy that President Trump was implementing." Well, constitutionally, that's not their judgment. The House is literally saying that subordinates to President Trump, who question him before Congress, suddenly makes that an impeachable offense. That is flipping the power of the executive on its head. I,
0: I absolutely agree. I want to play a clip. This is clip two, Adam. It's uh, Jay Sekulow, who was uh, speaking before the Senate impeachment trial. I, I think he says it right here, something that you just brought up.
4: So there have been pauses on foreign aid in a variety of contexts. In September of 2019, the administration announced that it was withholding over $100 million in aid to Afghanistan over concerns about government corruption. In August of 2019, President Trump announced that the administration and Seoul were in talks to substantially increase uh, South Korea's share of the expense of US military support for South Korea. In June, President Trump caught, or paused, over $550 million in foreign aid to El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala because those countries were not fairly sharing the burdens of preventing mass migration to the United States. This is not the only administration. As I said, President Obama withheld hundreds of millions of dollars of aid to Egypt.
0: I just want to reiterate so that people understand what's happening at this impeachment trial and what happened in the House testimony is that they're trying to accuse President Trump of not giving, of withholding military aid from Ukraine. I want to say something. President Trump has given more aid and he gave lethal aid to Ukraine he withheld nothing all he did was ensure that our taxpayer dollars would not be wasted there is nothing illegal with that and jenna i i want you to address this issue so that our listeners really understand that there is no basis no constitutional no legal basis for impeaching a president based on what these uh, deep state anti-Trump uh, witnesses attempted to testify at uh, the House hearing, and what's happening right. now at the Senate?
3: And, yeah, 100. percent And so, so then going back though, real quickly to the timeline. So then, so so Pelosi announces the impeachment inquiry. President Trump releases the transcript, which is uh, the the public record now um, of what was contained in the phone call. There was nothing whatsoever uh, that was wrong with that. And in fact, there was no discussion on that call whatsoever of the aid to Ukraine at all. So what the Democrats did is tried to piece together this, basically their own conspiracy theory that somehow these two things were linked. So President Trump, as the chief executive officer of the United States, absolutely has the the power and the right to ask a foreign ally to investigate corruption, that's something that is, is not only proper, but is actually in our best interest. And and so when he's asking that um, of President Zelensky, there was mm-hmm. nothing attached to that. There was no quid pro quo. It was simply asking um, asking him to do that, which is entirely permissible. Well, Jenna, I mean, and they went through Vice everything. President Biden, and I want to make this point real quick. That, yeah, that Vice President... Uh, then-Vice President Joe Biden, um, he is not immunized from an investigation simply because he's running for president in 2020. If that were true, you know how many Democrats would sign up to run for president so that they weren't investigated for corruption? So that happens, but that is not at all tied whatsoever to President Trump saying, okay, Congress has approved this aid, which, by the way, Ukraine got. He just temporarily held that to say, let's make sure that this aligns with our national security uh, policies and the laws uh, in the United States that relate to anti-corruption. And so those two things happen simultaneously, but they're not even linked. But the Democrats try to spin this crazy narrative. That somehow President Trump is manipulating this for personal gain, and here they use these words like extortion and bribery, uh, because they play well in the focus groups and the opinion polls that is their campaign. So they have driven this frenzy impeachment narrative on their timeline. They construct this ridiculous story between July 25th and the September announcement. And then before Christmas on their timeline, they get a couple of these deep state people who disagree with President Trump for foreign policy and you know had concerns and speculation and perspective, nothing whatsoever that was illegal, improper, unconstitutional at all. And they sat there in front of Congress and just gave gave their perspectives and their speculation. and, and that's what that it was. It
0: was speculation. speculation. And you're right, Jenna. That's what it was. It was speculation. It had no fact basis whatsoever. We saw absolutely no evidence, no firsthand witnesses to anything. Um, I want to play something because you're a constitutional lawyer. And this is uh, clip three, Adam, of Pat Cipollone. And he was talking about the framers' worst nightmare.
4: A partisan impeachment is like stealing an election. And that's exactly what we have. We have, talk about the framers' worst nightmare. It's a partisan impeachment that they've delivered to your doorstep. In an election year, some of you are upset because you should be in Iowa right now. But instead, we're here. And they're not ready to go. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous.
0: You know, Jen, I have have two really... Big questions for you before we have to get off uh, the phone. But one of them deals with this, the framers' worst nightmare. And this is what I've been talking about since the beginning. The only reason that this conspiracy theory that the Democrats have pushed out there is even sustaining any momentum is because of the media. Uh, There are a number of people within the media apparatus that are anti-Trump a lot, uh, they call it the mainstream media. President Trump calls it fake news. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that affects this entire
3: process? Yeah. So now what we're seeing is that because the mainstream media is buying into this narrative that the Democrats are feeding them, and they're using these words like, you know, this is such a, this is a corrupt president. This is, uh, you know, this is extortion and bribery, and they're buying into these terms. They're getting the American people to, to buy into this. Because this is now their campaign for 2020. And so now what they have done is they have pushed through this vote on impeachment, and they know that they don't have bribery. They don't have treason. They don't have extortion. They don't have a crime at all. So what they did was got their House members, the majority of their own party, uh, which, by the way, the only bipartisan vote was actually against these two articles. They're so flimsy; They don't allege a crime at all. And they're saying that it was an abuse of power, that that President Trump actually exercised the duties of his office and made foreign policy decisions that he absolutely can. That somehow to them is now an impeachable offense. And because they're pushing this through and they didn't go to the judicial branch to get uh, – to get an adjudication on subpoenas that were absolutely ridiculous for them to ask for. That's right. uh, But because they didn't let that process play out, now they're saying, oh, you're obstructing Congress. What they mean is you're obstructing our impeachment champ. So they're moving forward. The mainstream media is amplifying this. And now suddenly after Christmas, we find ourselves in the midst of this impeachment trial. And so there is no constitutional basis for this. And Pat Cipollone and Jay Sekulo are 100 percent right that this is the framers worst nightmare because the power of impeachment was not given to the House so that the majority opposition party could remove a sitting president because they can't win the next election or simply because they disagree with his foreign policy decision or simply because he won the previous election. If that were true, this is setting up a precedent that when a majority gets in power in the House, they can weaponize the power of impeachment for literally any basis to simply require a sitting president to have to answer for any decision of his executive office duties in the context of a trial in front of the Senate. That is not what the framers intended. The sole power of impeachment in the House and the sole power to try all impeachments in the Senate has to also work in tandem and not inconsistently with Article 2, Section 4, which lays out the very, very narrow grounds for a valid, legitimate presidential impeachment, which is only substantively treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. That term or other Means conduct that is similar in nature to treason or bribery—something that is so against the interests of the United States that it would be like a sitting U.S. president uh, basically abandoning his office for allegiance to a foreign power. I mean, treason right. and bribery are are well-founded uh, criminal conduct that's actually a statutory offense in the United States, and that we see none a- of that
0: here. We. And we've seen none of that here, Jenna. We've seen none of that. There is no evidence of any of that happening. And I think what's really important, I hope our listeners actually go to Fox News and read Jenna Ellis's column because it's so important. It's probably one of the best columns, Jenna, I've read about this. It's Trump impeachment trial. Here are four legal problems House Democrats have to face. I mean, this is an excellent, excellent piece of work. I mean, you lay it out so that the layman can understand, you know, the complexity of, of constitutional law. And it. when I read it, it was like, yeah, there it is. Why are we going through this? Why is our country being ripped apart? Why are we going through this? Once again, from Russia hoax to every bit of what the Democrats have been trying to do is to take down this administration, while in the end— President Trump is just moving full steam ahead. He's keeping his promises to the American people. He's doing what's right even though his administration and he, and him, him alone is under attack consistently. But Jenna, you brought up a really good point. This isn't just about President Trump. This isn't just about his administration. This is an attack on the very fabric of our country. And I'm going to the last question. I'm going to leave this up to you, but where do you think this goes from here? What do you predict will happen next?
3: Well, you know, I'm very much looking forward to uh, President Trump's attorneys and our legal team getting up before the Senate and actually making our case and making the president's case. And they're going to go through, you know, those four points that um, that I wrote in that Fox News article, those are the points that they argued in the legal brief. And they're going to go through and explain not a defense of president trump he doesn't have to defend himself for executing his uh his duly vested constitutional authority in office in the context of the senate the house has to prove and those house managers those prosecutors have to prove their case they Mm -hmm. haven't and that's what the american people need to understand this is not about president trump defending himself or proving why his actions were valid no they have to prove why they have any sort of substance they can't. And so in the next few days, when Jay Sekulow and Pat Sipolani get to stand up and they get to make uh, their arguments and show why this is an absolutely ridiculous, unconstitutional impeachment, that I think is going to be very clearly laid out. Uh, before the American people and before the Senate. And it's my hope that enough of these senators, that at least the majority of them, will understand what is on the line here, constitutionally speaking, for the future of our country. They will not allow the Democrats to hijack the power of impeachment and manipulate it to their political advantage just because they can't win at the ballot box. We who voted for President Trump, and actually anyone who voted for any candidate in this United States, that is our will of the American people who we choose to have to be vested with the sole power of the executive branch. That is not up to Congress to disagree with the will of the American people in the Electoral College at all. And so it's my hope that enough of these senators will have a backbone to say this is ridiculous. It stops here. They they will vote for a motion to acquit and send a strong signal to those Democrats, to say, no, we will protect and preserve the Constitution. It stops now.
0: That, I couldn't have said it better myself, Jenna. I can't thank you enough for being on The Sarah Carter Show. This is so important. And for Americans who want to understand what's on the line here, for those of you listening, please go to foxnews.com, look up Jenna Ellis's column. It's called. Trump impeachment trial, here are four legal problems House Democrats have to face, and they have to face it. And remember, President Trump is not—doesn't have to defend himself. They just need to lay out the case. They are laying out the case, the Trump administration, as to why weaponizing the impeachment process destroys the fabric of our country and rips apart what our Constitution was intended for and what the framers intended it to be. This is so important because this is the biggest challenge we face in our nation now. We are facing an apex in history. We have to continue to speak out and we have to stand for what is right, whether you like President Trump or not. That is not the point. The point here, this is about the Constitution. This is about what the framers intended. And Jenna Ellis, you're a remarkable attorney. You're an attorney for President Trump. I could see why he wants you on his team. You're incredible. Thank you so much for being with us.
3: Thank you so much, Sarah. This is so great to be able to lay out this whole I, uh, and really dive deep into this, and I hope that uh, the American people will really understand this. And I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you.
0: Anytime, Jenna. You're welcome back on. Anytime. Thank you. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, Jenna Ellis is incredible when she lays this out. You really see what is at stake here, and and that's what I'm trying to get across to the listeners. I know there's a lot of people out there with diverse thoughts, with uh, diverse political views, uh, have their own personal feelings about President Trump, uh, about you know the the Democratic Party, about the Republican Party, and where we're going from here. But what I want you to think about is our country. We have just been ripped apart over and over and over again, and this is by this infighting, this this consistent targeting of the Trump administration, by breaking every rule, every rule in the book, this should not be the way we handle things in the United States of America. And quite frankly, I'm a little worried about where this is all going. I mean, this is not something that we even can joke around about. I mean, there's something really fundamentally wrong happening here. When Democrats and Republicans are the enemy, they're not even working together anymore. And when there is a consistent targeting, a weaponization of all of the systems, this isn't just about weaponizing the impeachment process. Think about what we've been through in the last three years. We've actually seen the weaponization of our intelligence apparatus. How many people were spied on? How many unmaskings? Remember that? Where did that story go? All of those people that were unmasked. Under the Obama administration, meaning that their names were lifted. They were spying on their phone conversations. You could see who they were. You could read those transcripts. That's what was going on. And that's never been resolved. And then the weaponization of the FBI and the weaponization of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court to spy on Carter Page. I've had him here on the show. And what happened to Michael Flynn? Former, you know, former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, a lifelong military official who gave his life for his country. I mean, he served over 30 years in the military, his life torn apart, torn apart. Disinformation stories all over the place. He's now facing a sentencing for one count of lying to the FBI, which, by the way, even the FBI Those that interviewed him didn't believe he was lying. But the power of the purse, the power of the Department of Justice was just too much. Imagine if you had to defend yourself millions of dollars down a toilet, then threatening to do something to a member of your family, questioning you for 13 hours at a time, eight hours at a time, to the point where you just break, where you're like, I I just can't do it anymore. Okay, I'll plead guilty to this. I'll cooperate with you. Whatever it takes, I just want it to end. This should not be America. This should not happen in our nation, in our democracy, in our republic. But it is, and that scares me. So anyways, we're going to keep talking because we want to know what's going on with Team Trump, right? So today is the Team Trump interviews I'm talking to Jenna Ellis I am now going to be talking with Erin Perini she is the principal deputy comms director for the Trump 2020 re-election campaign and I know she's going to have a lot to say. There's been so much happening with the Senate impeachment trial, as well as like, I want to know what's happening on the ground. What are they hearing from the people across the country? I mean, we're not getting that news. We're just inundated every day with boring stories from Adam Schiff. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. Even, even <laughs> the senators were falling asleep uh, during his long diatribes, uh, which we had to hear over and over and over again. And I don't want to sound like I don't want to listen to it, but guess what? I really don't. We've heard it all before. We heard it in the house, and there's a lot of issues with what Adam Schiff is saying anyways. A lot of what he's saying is just not true.
1: We've got some fun sound for the listeners here coming up next with that.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to be great, Adam. So uh, let's get to it. Let's get Aaron Perini on the line. Hi, Aaron. Thanks so much for joining me today at the Sarah Carter Show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's so important to get you on the show because today is um, all about Team Trump. I want to know everything that's happening with the campaign, with President Trump's uh, move forward, uh, especially with all of the promises that he's made the American people. Um, You know, he's one of the few presidents, and I was talking to Jenny Ter. She works with me here. She's a producer here at The Sarah Carter Show, about how, of all the presidents that I've covered, This is the one president that actually is following through with everything he has promised the American people. And I think, you know, as the principal deputy comms director that, you know, you would be able to assess that. You're seeing what's happening across the country. Are people responding to that? Are people responding to his his first four years in office and saying, wow, this is somebody who is actually fulfilling the promises that he made in 2016?
5: Absolutely. When we go out and we do these rallies with President Trump, uh, a great example was we were in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just the other week, and we have all the uh, data from our registrants. Almost 58 percent of the registrants for the Milwaukee rally did not identify as Republicans. So what that means is President Trump's message, President Trump's success and the success for America because of President Trump is resonating and resonating deeply, especially in deep purple states like Wisconsin. I mean, we see that everywhere we go. I mean, generally, our Democrat numbers are around 20, 25% of registrants. We saw a huge jump in a purple state like Wisconsin. That just shows people know their paychecks are going up. They've got better job opportunities. Their communities are safer. The country is safer because of President Trump. What were promises made by just a candidate are promises kept by President Trump. And that is in the face of, historic obstruction and abuse of power by Democrats to try and fight him every step of the way america should be thrilled and so proud of what president trump has been able to accomplish
0: i think you you know you you really nailed it and especially looking at wisconsin i was there in 2016 and i also remember the lines just to see president trump going around the corner and i remember talking to just regular folks you know just asking them well why are you here are you a republican if you don't mind me asking i had a lot of people tell me you know i'm an independent i'm not a democrat i'm not a republican but i want someone who's actually going to listen to me someone who understands what i've been through i remember one woman and i wonder how if you're if you're running into people like this as well and if things have changed for them over the last 4 years but i remember her saying you know i voted for president obama but my husband ended up losing his job our our insurance is falling apart. They had no medical insurance. Both of their sons had to join the military uh, just to go to school because they had no money left. And she was just desperate and felt like nobody had listened to her. And she said, you know, maybe maybe this man, maybe Donald Trump will listen to me. Maybe things will change. And and that was coming from an independent. And I saw the same thing in Pennsylvania. Is that kind of what you're hearing from independents? Are you guys seeing that shift? And also, um, let's talk about black America, you know, Hispanic America. I mean, this is this is an area that is so important. and We've seen the numbers surge, especially um, with minorities in support of President Trump.
5: Again, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Every rally we go to, we do get those stories. We have people who will come up to us. And I've had this happen at multiple rallies where they'll say, listen, I voted for President Obama because I believed in the change. I believed that America would become different than under him, and it only got worse. And so I said, well, I'm going to try and vote for Donald Trump because, you know what, he's not a D.C. guy. He's not the swamp. He's fighting, and he's a voice. He says he's going to be a voice for the forgotten man and women in this country. And now they stand and they tell me a rally. I voted for Obama. I voted for Trump. Now I'm standing out here overnight because I'm so excited to see this president and vote for him again. We get that rally after rally, city after city. I mean, I had one woman in North Carolina who said, I am a farmer. This is the first president who has ever actually done what he would said did what he said he would do for me that happened i remember talking to this woman in Fayetteville she was so proud to have a president who actually delivered for farmers the way that president trump said he would and when we talk about black americans hispanic americans you do you see overwhelming and growing support probably historic levels of support for any republican and for president trump amongst those communities it's easy to see why Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asians, Americans, women, all record low on under President Trump at better opportunities. I mean, it's clear to see that not our base isn't just growing, but the country is growing in support for President Trump.
0: Well, and it's also foreign policy. I, You know, one of the big issues, and I remember I've, we've heard it over and over again, you know, we're going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And it never happens. It never happened in previous administrations. Uh, there was always this fear of moving the Empire embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem this kind of apprehension that the entire Middle East would completely fall apart and war would be waged if it actually happened and here you have president trump setting out a promise, making the promise, I'm going to move the embassy, I'm going to do it. And then when he gets into office, people try to talk him out of it and say, well, you don't understand. It could cause a lot of problems in the Middle East. Every president's always made this promise, but never really actually does it. And President Trump said, no, I made the promise, so I'm actually going to fulfill that promise. And he did it. And we've seen this in other areas of foreign policy. Now we come to this impeachment hearing, and... I want you to hear something that President Trump says uh, in Davos at the World Economic Forum, and then I'm going to ask you to respond to this. And that's clip one. Thanks, Adam.
4: We're doing very well. I got to watch enough. I thought our team did a very good job. But honestly, we have all the material. They don't have the material.
0: I have to- it's very interesting. He just keeps moving ahead. Um, It appears that he is not allowing this impeachment to affect him and affect what he wants to do for our nation as far as like those principles that he holds dear and and is trying to move forward with those promises he made to the American people. Can you talk a little bit about how this impeachment trial in the Senate, uh, the impeachment hearing in the House has affected him? And what do you think he means when he's in Davos and saying, you know, I've been watching it, but... I'm basically letting everybody else handle this. I'm, I'm moving forward.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, this is this is the perfect example of the split-screen presidency we see with President Trump. On one screen, you see President Trump standing up in Davos, talking about economic freedom, talking about economic prosperity, and telling these other countries across the world, if you want your businesses to succeed, they should be investing in America because there is plenty of opportunity to invest in. And you go back and you look at what the Democrats are doing, holding this sham impeachment for the president who did absolutely nothing wrong. That's been the contrast we've seen the entire presidency. You saw that contrast all the way back to Inauguration Day with Mueller, with Russia, with all of the things that Democrats have tried to throw against this president. And he has continued to thrive for this country. I mean, we talk about You know, people who said you can't do that, they said you can't move the embassy out of uh, Tel Aviv into Jerusalem. He did that. They said you can't renegotiate uh, NAFTA. He did that. They said you can't use um, tariffs against China to get a trade deal. He did that. I mean, every time people say you can't do that, he says, D.C., you don't know best, and we're going to get the win for the American people. So Democrats are just playing politics. President Trump is playing for America, and it's
0: working. So what do you think? What do you think the Democrats are attempting to do here with this impeachment trial? I, I've seen Senator Marsha Blackburn. She, she's tweeted out that they are just trying to stop President Trump from winning in 2020, that this is their goal, that it has nothing to do with reality, but it has to do with targeting the president on a national level continuously in an attempt to stop him from succeeding in the next election.
5: Senator Blackburn is 100 percent correct. Democrats know they cannot beat the president at the ballot box. They have admitted it themselves. Al Green, AOC, you name it. Members have openly said if we don't impeach him, he's going to win again. Well, they can't silence the loudest voice, which is the voice at the ballot box. Those are the Americans who show up and vote for a second term for President Trump. Democrats are trying to overturn the results of the 2016 election by impeaching President Trump and keeping him and trying to prevent him from being on the ballot in 2020. Americans should be outraged at the fact that Democrats are trying to take away their will and their right to vote for their president of the United States. Well, you're the not the only is- one.
0: You're not the only one, Aaron, that's saying this. Let me, uh, Adam, mm-hmm. can we play cut seven of Adam Schiff? I want you to hear what Adam Schiff said. It's exactly what you said.
4: The House did not take this. extraordinary extraordinary step lightly. As we will discuss, impeachment exists for cases in which the conduct of the President rises beyond mere policy disputes to be decided otherwise and without urgency at the ballot box. Instead, we are here today to consider a much more grave matter, and that is an attempt to use the powers of the presidency to cheat in an election for precisely this reason the president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box.
0: What? The president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box? First of all, there there was no misconduct. And if you look at the facts on their face and the evidence, there is there, nothing. There is nothing there that shows that President Trump either obstructed or that there was any quid pro quo. I mean, this is the same the same type of Democratic tactic that we've seen and the same anti-Trump tactic that we've seen since 2016, we saw it during the Russia hoax, now we're seeing it here in the impeachment trial. But he says it. He actually says what you said, Aaron. He says the president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box. So basically the American people should have no say in who they elect for the presidency. In fact, it should be up to the Democrats.
5: Yeah, Democrats are so... They're so disconnected from reality and they are stuck in this D.C. bubble. It's really laughable that Adam Schiff would say we don't take this lightly when they do big grand signing ceremonies and Nancy Pelosi's fist bumping people and they're giving out commemorative pens. We don't take this lightly, but we're making a big show of this. Rashida Tlaib putting out a video of her smiling and cheering as she's walking to the House floor to vote to impeach the sitting president of the United States who did nothing wrong. Democrats are trying to silence Americans because they don't like President Donald J. Trump. And that is really unfortunate because if they just Took their blinders off for half a second and saw how well this country is doing and stepped up to the table to engage with President Trump. Can you imagine how much stronger we could be if President Trump didn't have to always fight the Democrats on everything? I mean, it would be unimaginable at this point. And we're still in the best economy we have had in over 50 years, in spite of everything Democrats have done. Americans see through this impeachment, they're tuning it out and we feel confident that president trump will win another term in 2020.
0: Aaron, I've been saying the same thing. I've wondered for such a long time now why are they so adamant? I can't even imagine. I mean, this is this is 4 years in. They have done everything to try to shake the foundation of this administration. And I'm not talking about, you know, just the Democrats, but those people who are anti-Trump. It's like a nonstop barrage of attacks. Could you imagine what it would be like if during the, you know, President Obama's administration, he had people within the NSC and deep staters inside, you know, the State Department that were trying to leak his phone conversations, constantly spying on him, working against uh, the American people's right, basically, to have him elected as a president. I, I, I mean, this this it's astonishing. We have never seen this in modern political history. Why do you think that is? Well, I think a great
5: way to, to talk about that is in Washington, D.C., where these bureaucrats live, where these career federal employees who are deeply ingrained in the decision makings of every agency— 96 percent of Washington, D.C., votes Democrat. And we have not only a Republican, but a staunch one, and one who is the most pro-life president, one who stands up for families and for the values of America and puts America first. That is the kind of institution he is having to work with and work against to try and get things done for the American people. It is so deeply ingrained in Washington, D.C., to not only be anti-Republican, but anti-Trump just on its face. It never mattered what President Trump was going to do. It was just the fact that he is President Trump. And unfortunately, the swamp, I think the president said it at the last rally, it's taken a long time to drain the swamp, but he's going to continue to do it.
0: Oh, look, I I agree. I think that there's this—they've run this machine in Washington, D.C., with impunity. They felt that they never had to answer to anyone, Okay, you get get elected, you serve your your time in Congress, everybody was doing their own thing. Uh, Didn't matter who was president, whether it was a Republican or a Democrat, everybody kind of made— similar promises, most of which were never kept. And here you have this outsider. You know, a lot of people said, uh, you know, President Trump, the disruptor. I always said, no, 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 no. It's the American people because they voted for him that wanted to disrupt this system. And I want to play you just a quick clip. This is a uh, this is cut number six, Adam. Could you please play it? It's uh, Representative Jim Jordan saying uh, Schiff's got it all wrong, and he misleads on
2: key testimony. Adam Schiff said, "You can trust the FISA Court." Michael Horowitz told us last month, "No, you can't. They lied to the FISA Court 17 times." Adam Schiff told us, "We're going. We look forward to hearing from the whistleblower." Adam Schiff said, "We've had no contact with the whistleblower." And then just yesterday, the story where he misrepresents to all of you, to 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 Chairman Nadler, and most importantly to the White House Counsel. That Mr. Z is Mr. Zelensky when, in fact, it was Zolchevsky. So, but today we're supposed to believe him. He just talked for two hours and 15 minutes, and we're supposed to believe everything he said today. In, in, in spite of that history, where seven important things he had exactly wrong. So, yeah, when he talks about Sondland, he doesn't tell you that was all presumption. Mr. Sondland said that when, when Congressman Turner asked him under oath at the hearing. So that's the kind of that's the kind of game they're playing here. And, and again, I think the American people see through it all. Was it
0: so, Aaron, we've got a lot of these folks here in Washington. Um, some people like to call them. I, I, I say it as well. It's like a deep state situation where you have former Obama holdovers, maybe even Bush holdovers, people who are anti-Trump, working against the president, working in cahoots, basically with. The Democratic uh, Party, there's been a lot of questions about Adam Schiff's connections to the whistleblower and the meetings that they had prior to the whistleblower turning over this uh, report on President Trump, even though he was not a firsthand witness uh, to the inspector general. You have just there, um, Congressman Jordan made really good points. He lays this all out. It's all... Basically lies and Schiff is repeating them over and over again. But you have a mainstream media and you're the comms director here and you have to go up against this. But you have a lot of people within what is dubbed the mainstream media that have also been operating against President Trump. How do you deal with that and how do you get the message and the truth across when there is so much coming at you from all directions? Well,
5: for, for the good and the bad of what it's worth, we are very used to having to fight the fake news and fight them for not their reliable reporting or for just taking Democrat talking points. I can't tell you how many times I've watched Nancy Pelosi hold a press conference. She'll say something like, it's a constitutional crisis. You turn on MSNBC and CNN, and they are just parroting her word for word all of the time. So it's our job to to follow the lead of the president, which is to represent those disruptors, to take his message and push it out and let that be the message that stands and keep pushing what the president says in the face of everybody. You know, CNN yesterday did a fact check of testimony only of Republicans, not of the Democrats. They didn't care to do that. And they call that fair journalism. So we call them out every time. We've got the facts on our side and we have a president who stands up every day because he loves working for the American people. And if somebody punches him, he punches back 10 times harder. And he'll stand there and he'll take those questions. He stood there in Davos and did a half an hour worth of questions open from the press there. I mean, a president would never do that during an impeachment. But he just wants to work for the American people and continue to deliver for them. It's why it's such an honor to work for someone like President Trump, because the only thing he cares about at the end of the day— is America. He doesn't care if you're a Republican a Democrat an independent or you never voted in your life. He wants you to have a better America today than you did yesterday. So it's our job to fight with the fake news and be there and get into the tangles with them to keep pushing President Trump's message.
0: I think that I think that's um, a great message for our listeners out there. And uh, this up and coming election, what's going to happen between then and now? What do you foresee? What do you think are some of the most important aspects that you're focused on as a team? What are the major subjects that you think the American people want the Trump team to focus on? Is it health care? Is it education? Is it uh, the economy? What do we see in the future?
5: In the future, you'll hear us talking about not only all the success that we've seen under the Trump administration, but you will also hear us talk about you know, those specific topics within that success, which means the booming economy, which means the lowering cost of the prescription health care, which means more opportunity for more choice in the health care system, thanks to President Trump. We will be talking about things that affect everyday Americans in their lives, their paychecks, their health care, their school, their education, and their opportunity. We've got things to tout on absolutely every one of those fronts. And so we'll continue to do that all the way through Election Day 2020.
0: Well, Aaron, I can't thank you enough for being on The Sarah Carter Show. I look forward to bringing you back on, and our listeners, I'm sure, are going to be taking heat. Is there any place they can go to find out what's happening with President Trump, with the rallies, if they want to attend a rally, if they want to see the president? Is there a specific website, or is there a place they can go so that they can be up to date on what's going on with the Trump team? Yes. The best way to stay up to
5: date will be going to DonaldJTrump.com. Sign up for our emails or text Trump to 88022. That way we can text with you. We can tell you when we have a rally coming up in your neighborhood, when there's a training, what the president's doing. We can send you videos and messages. And in fact, we're going to preview our Super Bowl ad to folks on the text messaging as well. If you text first, to 88022 you get a preview of the president's super bowl ad ahead of it being aired it's the best way to stay in touch with us and that way you always know what's going on with the campaign
0: oh gosh you just adam's ears just perked up he's so excited <laughs> Aaron, give in the us the a tease can we have a tease give us a, a commercial? tease give us a tease let us know just a tiny tease tiny teaser it's, I-
5: I can't, I can't get into it specifically, but
0: I've seen no. the video of it. it is epic. <laughs> All, right. All right,
5: we'll take Okay, that. it's
0: epic. It's epic. I can't wait to see it. And then after it's out there, we'll just talk about it here on the Sarah Carter Show. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being on with us. I look forward to talking to you again, Erin. You've been the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so Erin Perini, she would not give up. Not even tease, just a little bit. She can't. Well, I know, Adam, but I <laughs> want her to. Jenny, didn't you want to know more about this Super Bowl ad? I know. I mean, I want to know now. I want to know. Now I've got to put my investigative skills from my investigative days uh, into play here. So we've got to get anything we can on what this Super Bowl ad is, who's in it, what it's going to be. She says it's epic epic
1: who do you have winning the game Sarah we've got the Chiefs and the 49ers Kansas City San Francisco you're
0: gonna ask me that I'm like the worst you gotta put a pick on air no I'm the worst (laughs) at sports baseball is my thing but look okay you want me to pick someone yeah um San Francisco
1: 49ers why not good defense (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo, good-looking dude, knows what he's doing back there. All right.
0: I'm, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to go with it. knows what you're talking well, about. Well, like, look, I have no idea what you're talking about. i got to tell you a really funny story, Adam and Jenny. This is so funny. And our audience may find it funny, too. Uh, I was doing a Facebook Live when I was at Sinclair. Uh, this was with John Solomon. And we were doing this Facebook Live on one of the stories that we had written about the NSA and the unmaskings. Anyway, so it ended up evolving that— uh, John was talking to me all of a sudden about sports, and he asked me about March Madness, and I actually thought he was talking about football. And oh, no. <laughs> how far down this road of a conversation
1: did it go before he knew?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well when the whole board started lighting up and everyone was laughing about, they were basically laughing at me. But what made it so nice was that John's son who um, is just this dear, dear, dear kid, uh, was so excited that I had made that mistake (laughs) that he had to come to the office later that week and just give me a big hug because he said he knew more about one subject than I did, and that was basketball. And... uh, from that day on, I decided I would never talk about sports again. You're welcome. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for throwing that well, out there. No, but there. you're very well-rounded, and it's fun
1: to talk to you about other kinds of stuff. That's why we like to talk to our Twitter followers. So I know Jenny's got some people
0: that have Oh, my gosh. Jenny, some Jenny and I have been just so excited about reading all... Of your Twitter responses to stuff that we put out there. And this one's really important. Jenny is going to go through them. But I had actually responded to Jenna Ellis. She had put out a tweet uh, this week that said Schiff is literally arguing to remove at real Donald Trump because of something he might do, quote unquote, in the future. Maybe like win the 2020 election. So then, of course, I had to respond because it was so funny. This is an Adam Schiff thing, right? And Schiff is so... Anyways, you know, we've been talking about him a lot through the show, but it, my tweet was Schiff actually believes he's a character from the movie, the minority report. So sad. Remember the minority report folks where they could see the future of a crime before it actually happened and they would arrest you before you actually committed the crime. So here's some of your responses to that tweet.
6: Jenny. Jenny. First, we have Georgie Girl says, He reminds me, referring to Schiff, reminds me of Latka from Taxi.
0: Remember Latka? Okay, it's a little dated, but it's funny.
6: It's funny because the picture looks like him. I don't know what that is as a millennial, but it looks like Schiff. (laughs) Nice. Then we have Colt Cleanser. He says, He would destroy you in a battle of wits. Give up with your crap. jeez.
0: Wow. He would destroy me. Schiff would destroy me in a battle of the wits.
2: I thought it was dazzling. I thought the way he.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. We read both sides. We want to hear both sides. Go on, Jenny.
6: Okay, then we have Zinger. In the future, President Trump might expose all of Adam's crimes and Adam might end up going to prison for a long time as a result.
0: Hmm. I don't know about that. But anyways, we'll be exposing him. He's already exposed himself, right? Because he's so
6: Adam.
2: I thought it was dazzling.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the last one we have is Barb. She said, oh my God, I said the same thing to my husband. Schiff is delusional.
0: I know. I know. I love this one because Minority Report just popped up into my head, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that, but it's kind of weird that your argument is I've got to remove a duly elected president from office because of something that he might do in the future. I just want you to think about that, America. That is just the weirdest argument on its face that I have ever heard, uh, Democrat or Republican, So this is Adam Schiff. This is your chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Maybe he has some kind of magic ball where he can see things that we can't. But uh, remember this. We're here to talk about all the issues, all the subjects. I'm so happy that you were with me today for this great show. This is a Sarah Carter show. And I am coming to you from Radio America I am a fellow with the Independent Women's Forum, and you can read all my stories in Jenny tears and now Logan Raddick at sarahacarter.com. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jenny, for all your great... That's Jenny from the block. Jenny from the block on Twitter, right? Right on Twitter. Get her to get, a million. Get her to a million. Jenny get me Tara to a million. <laughs> And you can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Carter DC. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Thanks again for being with us, and we'll be talking to you soon.